I'm glad you've chosen to join us on this special Sunday. No, I'm not our regular preaching minister, but I have the blessing to work with our students and with our parents as we try to navigate this thing called life. And today is a special Sunday. As a church, we've celebrated, you've already seen the video of our uh, seniors and their parents and their, their moms and dads speaking blessings over them. And as parents have read a, a beautiful scripture, uh, as they have tried to point their students' hearts towards loving the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. So I'm glad you're here with us today. Today, as we celebrate with these graduates, our seniors actually, uh, all these that we are celebrating, in some way, their lives have been affected by this church family. So if y'all have taught them in small little baby classes, in fact, we've got three of our students who are cradle to graduation students um, here at KCC that are graduating today. They have been here since their cradle. And so we are excited uh, that they and their families are making this journey with us. We want to think a little bit about our own senior years. I know the way that I celebrated it back at Smithville High School, just in, right down the road in Bastrop County. We had a t-shirt. We had a white t-shirt, I remember it, and in the orange it said uh, seniors, uh, and then the date was in the 1900s. And then on the back again, it had a big tiger paw. We had all signed this piece of paper and somehow they had figured out a way to put our signatures on a t-shirt. It was the craziest thing, but it was something we were all proud of when we wore those white t-shirts out and only the seniors had it. And it was something we were proud of. And then we got to 2020. And I want, you to, I want you to put yourself for just a second in the shoes of our seniors right now. They have done so much. In fact, we have students in our youth group who have not only uh, uh, done well in their district, they have gone to state, whether it be choir, whether it be in band, whether it be in basketball. Um, they have achieved. They have done so well, and we're proud of them. Now imagine your senior year being commemorated with something like this, class of 2020, with toilet paper. Now we all know what toilet paper is used for, but that is a symbol that is gonna be associated with the class of 2020. Look at this next one. Hello, world. Actually, we've been quarantined, so we're not helloing to anybody. We're stuck at home. Let's look at this next one. Straight out of quarantine. Uh, now, that's, kind of a play off of a straight out of Compton, and some of y'all will remember that, but for now, just remember straight out of quarantine. And so finally, they're trying to get out of the house, and you got little graduation hats on rolls of toilet paper again. Or maybe it's like this. Just the symbol that means keep out, stay away, is associated with 2020. But if you know any of our seniors and their families, you know that you want to get close to them. Your lives have been affected by them. You have sent them on mission trips. You have uh, taught them in Bible classes. You've had them back there in the nursery. You have been a blessing to these seniors. In this next video I want to show you, it's a video that a lot of us parents can identify with. As we have watched our children grow up. Let's take a look at it just for a second. Nine tries. How many times as parents have we sat and watched our children give their best attempt 
Now, their best attempt might be something as simple as eating vegetables for the first time. Or their best attempt might be their first dating relationship. Or maybe it's learning to control their temper. And yet nine times we see our children fall. And as parents, we hope that they can succeed. Whenever I saw this video on ESPN's Instagram, it hit me so hard and I said, I want to use that. I want to share this because after the nine tries, I want you to watch this. Now we're unsure if that's the little girl's dad or if that's the little girl's coach. But after nine tries, you might think that the child might get scolded. You might think that the kid is told to quit. But with all the encouragement the dad or the coach can muster, he encourages a child to keep trying. And did you see the kid's face, how excited they were? Did you see how happy the dad was to see their child succeed? As Jimmy reminded us a few weeks ago, we face obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. But for men and women of faith, he reminded us that the waves that keep beating us down will also stop. Let me tell you a little bit more about this class. Did you know that this group of seniors are our first class to have been born post 9-11? Now that 9-11, just saying that, that's a little blip in your radar. And some of you are thinking of hearing it on the radio. Some of you are thinking of watching it on TV at home or at the office. Only two of our seniors this year were born before 9-11. In fact, uh, Larissa was born 25 days before 9-11 and Reagan only 12 days before 9-11. And shortly after that, 84 days after that, Tara was born and 85 days after 9-11, Jacob Irby was born. And they came into a world that was in a mess. They came into a world with parents who were fearful. In fact, um, if my calculations are correct, and I don't want to suppose or make any uh, assumptions here, but it looks like out of the remaining nine, eight of the babies that are graduating today that we're celebrating were alive in their mother's womb at that time. At that time of stress, at that time of uncertainty, at that time of great fear that gripped our whole world as we saw 9-11 crash, as we saw uh, the, the, the terror that was upon our nation and the destruction that was in our world as we began to engage in the longest war in American history. That's kind of a big wave. In this generation, these teens, if, if you're listening to me, graduates, this is your world. Not too much longer after that, Hurricane Katrina hit. That rocked us. Then Hurricane Rita. And then just a few weeks ago, or sorry, a few years ago, um, Houston almost floated away. And the waves keep coming. And today we're faced with the reality of the coronavirus. 
people hoarding toilet paper, people wearing masks. You know, there's a song by Cochran and Company that's been out lately that I heard the words this past week and as my heart was aiming towards this message, it just hit me. It says this, One day there'll be no more waiting left in our souls. One day there'll be no more children longing for home. One day when the kingdom comes right here when we stand. Then it says, One day there'll be no more lives taken too soon. One day there'll be no more hospital rooms. One day every tear that falls will be wiped by his hand. One day, there'll be no more anger left in our eyes. One day, the color of our skin won't cause a divide. Sounds very familiar to our days today. The world can be hopeless. The world can be full of harsh waves, but there is hope. Hope is a dangerous thing. Andy continues throughout the movie, Shawshank Redemption, to hope. He had a song in his heart, and they could not take it away from him. There was something that was instilled deep in his heart that even though the world was hopeless around him, even though he could not see outside the walls of the, of the cage that he was caught in right there, he was trying to convince Red that there is a greater life than the prison they were living in. And the vision for that was inside of him. Part of it was music. Part of it was the grand vision of Zihuatanejo and the beautiful beaches. Open up your Bibles to, to Romans chapter 8. For the last month, I've been soaking in this scripture thinking of today. As I see racial tensions, as I see political fire, as I see the brokenness of our world and the deaths caused by not just the COVID-19 virus, but friends who are being ravaged by cancer and other diseases. This world is groaning to finish this phase of our life just like Andy's heart was in Shawshank Redemption. Let's take a look at Romans 8. Paul writes to the citizens of Rome who are no longer citizens of Rome. They're citizens of the kingdom of heaven. He says, We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly, as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies, for in this hope we were saved. Our dissatisfaction with this world is exactly what your soul needs. This world is not your home, and how does the phrase end? We are just a passing through. We groan. And listen to what, he, what Paul says about hope. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. 
I want to encourage you to open up your paper Bible and underline that scripture. As Paul reminds them that this broken world is not meant for you. The way that this world is ravaged by disease, the way that this world is ravaged by political uh, rivalries, the way that this world takes our loved ones too soon from us is not what you were created for. And it's not what I was created for. And yet, as we look at our world today and we see the groaning that is happening, the dissatisfaction, as Christ followers, Paul reminds them, you have the hope. You have the hope. Even your hearts are groaning because you know that this isn't what you were made for. But you have a hope. And it's in that hope that you're saved. There's something known as false hope as well. Now there's a story. We can go to our next slide here. There's a story about Shark Tank. It's not actually a story. It's actually one of the episodes. A lady by the name of Belinda Jasmine shows up. And I was actually watching this episode with Cooper. And she wanted to sell a mirror. Now it's called the skinny mirror. You can Google this. And Mark Cuban just gets all in her face. Now he's still sitting down, but he is upset. What she proposes is to sell this mirror to giant corporations, especially one like Walmart, so that they could put it in their fitting room. And when a lady comes in, she was especially targeting women, puts on a dress and goes and looks in the mirror, she looks thinner. And so her hope was that they would then buy more clothes and that's what she was trying to sell to the sharks if you don't know who the sharks are they're just um, men and women who are invest into people's um, own inventions and help them get to the next level but mark cuban was so upset he calls her a liar he calls her a cheat and one by one the different sharks drop out because what she was selling was hope that was no hope at all it was lies. As we look at our lives, so many times we get discouraged and we forget about the hope that we have in Christ. And we just wish there was a skinny mirror that we could look into and not worry about our reality. And we take the easy skinny mirror route of dulling our pain with alcohol. We take the easy way out of working on building a relationship and we satisfy our desires outside of the marriage covenant. We see broken worlds, this broken world, and we turn from God and say, you must not love us at all. It's too hard to believe in a God of love, so I'm just not going to believe in anything. And that skinny mirror might look good when we take a glimpse at it. But as we turn and we face the world that God has made and the reality that there is a God who loves you and that there is a God who, as he watches you try on your own over and over and over, he still believes in the hope that you living by his spirit, your new life in Christ, that you will overcome Let's look at John 14 for just a few seconds. Go ahead and turn to your Bibles. I really want this. This is one of those passages that I hope is underlined. 
on your paper Bibles. Don't let your hearts be troubled. These are Jesus' words. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas's words are powerful here. He's been walking with Jesus for several years of his life. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Now Jesus is talking about dying and they're not understanding the whole concept yet. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, as you are trying to find your way out of the prison, out of the cage that has locked you, there is a way. And as our parents read to us earlier, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. That passage in Deuteronomy says, impress these things on your children's hearts. And you have stored up in you the message of hope. You have stored in you the message of salvation. The interesting part about this story is that Thomas, according to church tradition, dies in India. And thousands upon thousands of people knew that Jesus Christ was Lord based on the testimony of someone we call Doubting Thomas. Thomas asked Jesus, how do I go there? And he says, I am the way. So just as I just told you that your parents are asking you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, as you love the Lord and follow the footsteps of Jesus, you will find your way. You will find your way out of that prison. I began talking about 9-11 earlier on. There's one last powerful story I want to put on your heart. That's a powerful story. Wells Crowther running down 17 floors and then back up. That's very impressive to me. But almost as impactful to me is the story of Mrs. Young and Mrs. Weem as they told about somebody who came for them. In the midst of the darkness, somebody reached out for them and said, let's go. Let's go to safety. I know the way. Miss Young gets to enjoy her family. Mrs. Weems got to reunite with her husband because at some point when the little boy was six years old, he was given a gift. It was just a red handkerchief, a red bandana. And as the story goes, he wore it over and over, whether he was working or whether he was doing sports, he always had it with him. And in his heart, he knew he had to go to work. Now, what's interesting about this bandana is that it can be used several ways. In fact, I was talking to Clay Robertson um, two or three weeks ago. He was saying he went to the store and he put the bandana over his face like that. He said he just had a bandana. He didn't have a, a face mask. And what better time to use a face mask, a bandana for a face mask, than in a building that's full of smoke? Save yourself. 
But see, Wills had a deposit deep in his heart. And he knew that this did not mean play it safe. He knew this meant get to work. And he chose to wear his bandana like this. And it's because of that, Mrs. Weems, and it's because of that, Mrs. Young saw him in his red bandana and followed him along with at least 12 other people. From very young, you have been given a deposit of hope. You have been reminded of the way of life. In fact, Ephesians chapter 2 tells us, for we are God's handiwork. That means you're a creation. You've been made specifically for this. You are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. From very young, you've been put a deposit in your heart that there is hope in the midst of this broken world. That whenever the world is beating you up, a substance and numbing your life through alcohol or drugs is not the way. In relationships, faithfulness and love will get you through. And forgiveness will help you continue to build with somebody a healthy, strong relationship and family. When our failures in the waves of this life, sometimes in our control, sometimes out of our control, I want you to remember that your parents in this church have put a deposit in you from very young to believe in the God of love and in a God who hopes you reach back for him as he leads you out of this prison, out of this world, which is broken. And the cool thing is, is that God then invites you to join him. And he says, don't play it safe. Don't play it safe. Let's go rescue some people together. You have a hope in this world. And I pray that you remember that. I pray that if you're 18 or if you're an octogenarian, I know what that means. It means you're 80-something years old. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you think you're too old, then you need to stop by Fran's house and be reminded that her and Jerry were 60 years old when they answered the call to be missionaries in Africa, a place many of you have been and sent money and are helping rescue children in Africa who now know the story of the living God because Fran and Jerry said, we're not too old. Because a teacher over at Nimitz and her sister decided, you know what? We could be useful too. So Gwen and Bonnie went. I don't care if you're 18 and you're getting started. I don't care if you're 12 right now or 6 or 64. You have a hope in you that this world needs. I pray that God will open the eyes of your heart and see the hope in the midst of the despair. And as this world groans, wanting this tribulation and this hardships to end, that you would step forward with faith and hope in a God who has shown you the way through the footsteps of Jesus. You have a hope. Let's pray. Father, open our eyes to the hope 
that you have deposited in our hearts through the message of Jesus. Help us to live our lives for you. Help us to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. And when we mess up, Lord, help us to reach out to you again with broken hearts as you celebrate our return. Father, I pray that we would not only enjoy a life of salvation, but that we, like Wells Crowther, would not use you to stay safe, but that we would take you in the seat of hope in our hearts and go to the places of darkness to rescue those we love from the prisons they are in. Thank you for these graduates. Protect them. Thank you for their families and their efforts to, to plant the seed of faith in the, of the living God in their hearts. God, you are good. Help us to live lives of hope in the midst of a broken world because we believe in a Savior who died for us, who rose again, and one day is coming back for us. May we live with that hope. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.